At the center of the universe, at the border between the light and the dark, stands Castle Grayskull. For countless ages, the heroes of Grayskull have defended the universe against the forces of evil. Walk through the Hall of Living Pictures and learn the history and mystery of the masters of the universe. Dive deep into the mythology of Eternia, Etheria, and more. For those who know the stories of Grayskull will come to power. The power to be supreme. The power to be all-knowing. The power to be... Legends of Grayskull. And welcome to episode 36 of Legends of Grayskull, the fan podcast where we discuss the history, the mystery, the magic, and mythology of He-Man, She-Ra, Eternia, Etheria, Nordor, Primus, Golden Books, Ladybird, UK Annual, Star, <laughs> Mini, any comics you can think of, anything with that He-Man, She-Ra, Master of the Universe, Princess of Power, that Mattel logo down at the bottom. I'm Matthew Dooch. I'm here with Sean Skavarner on the far side. Sean, how you doing today? Doing all right. How are you doing, Matthew? I'm doing great, and Sean brought along a special guest today. Sean, introduce us. Yeah, so uh, like I said last time, uh, we probably have to pay uh, Jeremy and Steve over at Podcasters <laughs> of the Universe some royalties or something like that. <laughs> we won't tell them, and nobody uh, <laughs> listens to this. So we're Yeah, we don't have a Patreon like those guys. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so... Um, Somebody that we thought would be really cool to have on the show, especially with our remastering segment now that we're doing, is Matthew Rodriguez, who is basically a the third co-host, I would say, of Podcasters of the Universe. He also does some uh, cameos on My Wife is Gonna Kill Me, which is Steve, uh, Steve's other podcast. And he is also... The creator of fine comic books such as Defenders of Eden, which if you are a Masters of the Universe fan, these are definitely worth a look because Matthew is quite the fan of Masters and he's keeping a spirit alive in his storytelling. He created this and he is the writer of it. And uh, he and his artist, uh, CJ Edwards, are... uh, Big Masters fans, from what I understand. And uh, if you check these out, you're going to get that heart and soul of the joy of the childhood feelings that you had enjoying Masters of the Universe. So Matthew's done us some proud stuff in the first two issues. Hey, I, I appreciate Wow. I got to record that. <laughs> well, it is recorded. So we got it all. free to use it as your <laughs> intro. And yes. If you want okay. me to record it again, so I'm not stumbling over my words. That's and also I'm not, available well, at some I, point. Shit, the kind of words. And I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I had Sean do the introduction because I cannot roll the R's like that, and I felt <laughs> and I felt you needed that. Like that. I think that's a contractual <laughs> thing at this point. <laughs> yeah. yeah to be honest, I I can't either. So. <laughs> Well, I'm the uh, I'm the anomaly out of the group. This is fun. So there we go. No, I I enjoy it every time Steve introduces you that way. It amuses me. So I was like, I could do that. I could at least try it. But my kids are in bed, so I can't go full into it. Yeah, they're good. good, Those are good guys over there at Podcasters. They do a 
a fantastic job. They're just uh, about an hour north of me here. So I, uh, I make it up when I can. Um, I absolutely love it. I'm, I'm more like the, the training wheels they occasionally put on. They definitely do not need me, do not need me at all uh, to run their, that show, but they're some fun guys. So it's, it's been cool the past handful of years getting together. I mean, even online with guys like you guys and, and them where meeting these uh, little group of masters where back in the day where CJ and I met um, along with Andrew, uh, our colorist who's out of South Africa, um, Andrew's Iceman on the oh. He-Man.org. CJ is Bear Show, and oh, I am Tech Trek. So that's, um, I mean, that's some old, some 10, 12-year-old references. I mean, those guys. So that's mm-hmm. that's back in my geeky days in high school where, you know, I'd get home from uh, sports and I'd go online and talk to people about He-Man. And, and now realizing these guys were only a couple hours or an hour away from me uh, is, is pretty cool to... Uh, kind of rekindle those uh yeah. those old vibes of masters fandom so and that's the beauty the, of the internet <laughs> well and that's the interesting thing because actually sean's the odd man out because i'm only maybe two hours from you if that i forget yeah. you're in you're in yep. holland um yep holland yeah and that's the thing like i know it, it didn't even click right now till you said it even with you talking about your skype name earlier that you're you were actually tech trick on the forums, and of course we we all know Bear Show and Iceman from back in the day. Um, I didn't post much on the forums, but I talked to Sean about this previously. Like it's interesting now with Facebook and everything, and you get to know the real people behind it, and then you go, "Well, what sure. was your org name?" And it's like, "Oh, that's <laughs> you." Like I mean, I've been following Iceman's work since him and uh, uh, Gabagok did all the the Book of Evil and all that. You know, they were they were throwing oh. those up week after week. And yet another reason yep. I've got to check yep. out Defenders of Eden here. You know that yep. that's an amazing roster you put together. Yeah, you know, and, and it's it started on the org, and yep. uh, it was just one of those kind of things. And and I've I've written on my blog and and spoken on kind of the the foundation of Defenders of Eden. Um, but yeah, basically kind of stemmed from our love of masters. So, uh, we, uh, put it out there. And so there's some contributions from uh, a couple other orgers, uh, and, uh, yeah, so yeah, good stuff. So, yeah, that was the interesting thing in the past. Well, actually in the past, like six months when Sean really got me listening to podcasters, it's like, and then I, I, I found about you and Justice Curry and, you know, Jeremy and Stevens. Like, dude, you guys are all, like, right there. You know, they're talking yeah. they're talking about heading to Grand Rapids. It's like I was born in Grand Rapids. You know, it's – so it is. It, you always feel yeah. – you always feel growing up like you're the last guy that remembers He-Man. You know, I think we oh, all yeah. went through – we all went through that part where it's like no one else remembers him and then you get online – you find out those guys were there the whole time, you know, right there. Mm-hmm. Um, but real quick here, before we get in into all your stuff, Matt, um, I did. I just saw this before we went on today, but PowerCon has released their uh, online panel schedule. Um, did either yeah. of you guys see this? Yeah, like they released it only like a half hour before we were ready to record, so yeah. that really shocked me. We can actually talk about this before any of the other podcasts out yeah. there tonight um nice. and they got they got about everything here they got uh you know well friday's just one it's like a welcome to power con it's going to be val and and 
He's going to talk about the whole, what to expect the whole weekend. Um, the neat thing is, is that they're doing raffle prizes uh, for every uh, panel that you go to. Like the first one, it's got three attendees will win the uh, Lords of Power five pack, and three attendees will win a uh, Origin Shira figure, the exclusives. You know, mm-hmm. um, and there's prizes for every different one. There's the Mega Constructs panel on Saturday where five random attendees will each win a Mega Constructs Castle Grayskull. Um, uh, Imagine Next and Little People are having a panel. Um, This one, though, this one, Sean, we might be in some legal trouble. Um, I I saw this. You saw that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they've got they've got uh, Matt, Matthew looks confused as I'll get out. So he obviously didn't read it. Um, it's so, okay. We'll work you through it. So from three to five Pacific time on Saturday, they they are revealing the Masters of the Universe tabletop RPG. Um, I forget the company, um, but they announced a couple weeks ago that they're doing a tabletop board game for Masters. Um, and. The, the raffle prize is that five random attendees will each win a copy of the game handbook. And the game is called Legends of Grayskull. <laughs> we had it first. So we, we might be served with a cease and desist here pretty quick. Uh, we'll have to see how this goes. Or it, could, or it could help our show. Who knows? If people are searching for the game and they stumble upon us. Um, yeah. And then the- yeah, that's incredibly cool. That's I I'd be, you know, you're talking about those panels with uh, mm-hmm. little people and mega constructs and yeah. RPG would. I'm genuinely curious if anybody has a list of all of the companies that have masters licensing rights right now, because I feel like it's a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, like there's just honestly. Just everywhere you look, there's just different companies. Yeah. Be like, oh, we're coming out with this. We're coming out with that. I mean, those micro, you know, uh, the littlest action figures of, of all oh, time yeah. or whatever they yeah. are. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You know, it's, just, it's, and... it's every everywhere. Yeah. yeah, it is everywhere. But really, it's not that many brands because I mean, Fisher Price and Imagine X and Mega Constructs; those are all divisions of Mattel now. They bought right. all of those over the years. So really, outside yeah. of Mattel's brands, I think it's just Funko and the world's smallest, right? Well, and then the board game. That I can't Loyal remember. Loyal subjects? Are they still doing stuff? Ooh, I don't know. They haven't revealed anything haven't... in a long time. They haven't, but like recently, they had that other wave where the Battle Armor He Man and Skeletor mm-hmm. and Fisto that was that was about a year ago, but. I feel like it's it's about a year or so in between each wave they put out nowadays. So maybe they still got it. I don't know. Is that yeah, uh, Mondo? Oh, Mondo. Yep, yep, Mondo. That's right. Mondo's doing the, the big guys. Yep. Yeah. And uh, uh, I just thought, oh, well, DC. DC still got the license for comics. So. For comics. Where's the shirts, though? Who does the... Is it... Is it am I thinking... Have it right, sideshow or slideshow? What is that? Sideshow is doing the statues, but those are all okay. done now, I believe. I think they're oh, the tweet, Tweeterhead. Oh, they're, Tweeterhead they're did the just new, announce uh, Hordak and all that stuff too. 
Um, yeah. That was just announced recently because I know the the Hordak's been making the rounds on the various Facebook pages too lately. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. No, this is definitely yeah. this is definitely the year for Masters. I keep saying it. It's, this is, you know, and it's scary and it's great all at the same time. But it definitely feels like a do or die situation. Either this connects with the uh, the kids, or we're going to be in, or, or else I think it's going to be in hibernation again for a while. So. They're going. Um, they're going for it. Mm-hmm. They are. It's it's good to see it. We're going from two thousand or not even two thousand X, but classics where it's like some characters couldn't even include a two thousand X head sculpt, and now they're going. Let's just push out twenty versions of He Man all in the same quarter. You know. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, and and Matthew brought this well, up. Before. We might as well piggyback a WWE Eternia line with it. Yep. Just for fun. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And that segues into what you were asking earlier. So how's the Origins hunt going for everybody? <laughs> well, I SOL know. here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I said, I've, 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 I've only picked up He-Man and, and Skeletor and Battle Cat. So mm-hmm. I've got the those down and still haven't seen any of the other wave, though. So. Yeah. I actually, I actually did see uh, I got Skele- uh, Skeletor... For my boy, and then uh, I found a case of the the Wave One because He Man and Skeletor are going to keep going. They've said that, so it's a full. There's full cases of He Man. There's full cases of Skeletor, and then there's actually what is Wave One, um, mm-hmm. which is one each of He Man or He. Ugh, I can't talk. One each of Beast Man, Tila, Man at Arms, and Evil Lynn. And I found one of those cases, and I. I Helped other collectors out because my boy doesn't need all four of those at once. You know, it's not his birthday or anything. And that's what I'm picking them up for. I'm picking them up for my kids. I've got my classics, and now they've got their origins. So it's great for that. Other than that, I haven't seen anything here locally. Yeah, I, I'm looking for them. I, I just want He-Man, Skeletor, and Battlecat for my son, too, because he, he's notorious to come down into the basement and he'll look at what's behind me and other ones on the shelves over on the side. And all of a sudden, I just come downstairs and he's got like, here's He-Man, here's Skeletor, here's, you know, Ram Man. And I'm just like, I told you not to take these off the shelf. And he's like, but He-Man has to fight Skeletor. I'm like, good point. I walk yeah. away pretty much. But he <laughs> has to have his own. So if he's going to beat the living bejesus out of him, you know, he can do it to a $15 figure. And I'm sure exactly. he'll have fun with him no matter what. So. Oh, wow. for sure. Um. All right. So yeah. So if anyone wants to check that out, go to thepowercon.com. Uh, check out that full listing of all the panels and everything. Registration opens tomorrow, which is uh, Thursday, August sixth. I might have this episode up by then. Probably not, though. Um. But yeah, apparently you have to register for each of the panels. So. And that's really cool that Val's doing that. Um, oh, absolutely. You know, I, I, I run a local Comic-Con here, and, and it's nowhere near the size of, of what he does. Um, but they could have very well just been like, you know what? We're going to shelf a couple of these things. We're going to, you know, take a pass on this year like everyone else in the right. industry basically is. And uh, the fact that him and his team are taking the time to still at least put something like this together is, is very, very cool. Absolutely. So what what's your local Comic Con there? Uh, pimp it uh, out a little just, bit. Just called, yeah, it's just called Tulip City Comics and Toy Fair. It's a it's a one day show okay. that we do once a year during Tulip time here, and and we unfortunately had to cancel uh, mm. this past May. So 
it was one of those things where, you know, refunding vendors and, and flipping their, you know, tables to next 2021 and having them, you know, pre-registered for them. And, and uh, when they announced, uh, I think yesterday I saw the the pins that Motu Joe was doing. And so when I saw those and I saw that they were going to do a programming thing um, with Zoom meetings and stuff like that, I thought it was like, you know, that's that I think that's that's pretty cool. And that's it's it's something that I think that we uh, Val knows how much we're passionate and we've been to PowerCon yes. the past couple of years. And and he knows uh, that the fan base on the org you know, for a handful of years there kept things kind of just pumping along. And so, um, for them to do that, I, I think, uh, kudos to him and, and I hope that everything turns out well because, uh, you know, we, we look up to those guys that have kind of been the, the breath behind masters for the dormant years, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. absolutely. No, I'm looking forward to it. And, uh, yeah, this year was supposed to be my first in-person power con stars finally aligned and everything. And then, yeah. Yeah. So, but it's nice that they're still having the panels. They're still having them out there. We're going to have the reveals. Cause that's one thing. It's like San Diego comic-con kind of did the same thing, but there was nothing really out of there for, for us. You know, Mattel really didn't push anything that weekend. So that was surprising. Um, but yeah. now with all this coming out with, you know, mega constructs, Fisher price, imagine X, it's like, okay, here we go. This is where we're going to get all our stuff. So I'm excited for this weekend. Yeah, the panel that I think I'm most excited for, they're, they're talking about the toy lines. Yeah. So they're like, oh, it's not just going to be Origins. We're going to talk the future. So it's like, okay. I want to I I really get some insight into it. I know they're not going to go in deep, but it's like, okay, so hibernation. Is Classics really in hibernation? Or are we going to see something <laughs> pop up later? That's my biggest thing at this point. Like, If I can't be there in person like I was yeah. hoping to be this year, at least I could have that, you know, like yeah. give me a hint. So. And, and don't forget, Sean, there is a Masters of the Multiverse panel too. So I'm sure you'll yes, be there is. chomping at the bit for that. There, there is. I, I wonder I wonder what they'll say about that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Now, let's, let's speculate on that really quick, not to go down a rabbit hole, but Ma- Multiverse wrapped up back in May, if I recall correctly. Yeah, May. Around it there. was it was pushed back a month. Yeah, I think it was yeah. May. And yet they're having a panel. Now, of course, they could just be talking about, you know, what's come before. Yeah. Uh, but do you think this is a lead into something else? Because Tim Seeley has teased that he would love to keep going with his original characters that were introduced at the end of Multiverse. Do either mm-hmm. of you think that's a possibility for for that? You want to take I, this one? <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll I'll throw my opinion out there, and we'll see what happens. I, based on uh, his answers on councils, uh, Council of the First one, where he said, as a freelancer, he wants to plant some seeds that hopefully will pay off down the road, and he gets to come back and work on the brand again. And I mean, heck, he 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 didn't just plant a seed or two in the last issue. He just kind of threw a whole fistful. Yeah, and in hopes to see what would grow out of that, because I mean we have the he force now and everything. I I'd be curious. I mean, it, I I honestly think if they're talking about that, it's not necessarily because the thing ended. I think that there maybe is a future for some of those ideas that he threw out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I agree, and I will say that uh, you know creatively, uh, 
Masters is fun to talk about in general, mm -hmm. so I could see them doing the panel just discussing the possibilities, how how it came up, the idea for it, um, you know, and 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 yeah, possibly what would be in the future, um, you know, with the idea of the, the multiverse where uh, you get you get somebody's random comment that's like it's a multiverse now. So you don't get to decide if, or you get to have your favorite He-Man and they get to have theirs and filmation can be his and, and the movie can be his and stuff like that. So, uh, uh the, the concept of it is obviously it's something that has been done in other universes. So it's nothing brand new. Uh, mm -hmm. Um, but it's definitely interesting. And so from a creative standpoint, um, you know, you can't, like you said, you can't blame the guy for, you know, sprinkling oh, some no. seeds, um, out there and, and seeing kind of what uh what people dig you know yeah yeah i think there's definitely the possibility and again i i actually like the idea of having the multiverse because it makes it easier for those fans that hate a certain iteration you know it it it's it's an easier way to to please the fans and i get the need for it i just have issues with some of the storylines that were taken in multiverse so um yeah but I definitely think there's there's it's probably it's probably about equal parts. Let's talk about what we did and see if there's any interest in continuing this story. So, um, but All Tim right. is passionate. I'll give him that. Tim Seeley is very passionate about the work he's done, and I I can't deny that at all. So, it could be well, in worse hands. I'll go on record saying if they did like a he soul uh, comic book, he's the one that I'd be the most like. I got to see what they do with this because. It, yeah. he's gotten the most attention because of just the few panels that are, that showed up in that last issue. Right. And the fact that we as a community go, Oh, that's a cosplayer and he's representing He-Man in a different way for all of us to see. Here's this take on He-Man. And it's not, we don't have to say he's African-American He-Man. He's black right. He-Man. It's just, here's He-Man, you know, and that was his right. point. Exactly. The way that he represented it was him saying, I don't want anybody to look at me and see me like like when you think Miles Morales, you don't yeah. think black Spider-Man. You just see Spider-Man. Oh, you know? yeah. Or, I come right. In my son's case, it's Miles because he gets so excited seeing Miles Spider-Man anywhere. Right. But it's like, you know, I he's the one out of any of the E-Force where I'm like, if they gave him his own thing, I probably would follow that one for a bit just to see what they do, because sure. out of all of them, I think the fact that he's tied in with somebody in real life who's representing uh, He-Man in that way. I'm like, yeah, uh, I'm on board with that just to see what happens on that. Well, well, and, it's, and it's cool to piggyback on that, that, um, um, I mean, we're at a point now historically where, you know, the influence that social media and clicks and likes and, mm -hmm. and these concepts can be, can be kind of infused into the actual properties where sure. you you know the the laughing Adam face you know yeah. all of a sudden <laughs> there's shower there's shower curtains of it and they're like well let's make this into a toy then or sure. you know and there's there's these things that no one you know even five years ago no one would have been like they should make a toy of that laughing Adam because it's silly mm -hmm. you know or you know what I'm saying so it's no, it's just exactly. really weird that we're we're at that point where you know, somebody sees something online or somebody saw his awesome cosplay at PowerCon last year mm -hmm. or two, even two years ago. And they're like, you know what? This could be kind of cool. Let's go down this. Let's go down this road a little bit with it. And so when you think about being creative that way, where there's all these people that can kind of like throw things 
um, you know, against the wall and, and have fun of it and fun with it and put little memes on social media. And then all of a sudden they're making a toy of, you know, that meme. Um, it's kind of interesting that, you know, there's that kind of, a uh, awareness that people behind the scenes are like, you know what people, you know, people like this stuff and they like having fun with it and, and they're thinking creatively about it. So why not look at that for inspiration? You know, well, I, going going by what you're saying too, there, uh, Matt. I mean, one of the things that I did when I got my first classics figure of Clamp Champ was I just said, "What would he look like with the He-Man armor?" Because I've seen He-Bro and having here's here's the African flag colors for He-Man, and I'm like, I don't need to go that way with representation. But what would it look like to have? Uh, African-American or a black He-Man. And I ended up putting the Flying Fists armor on him. Yeah. And now that's how I would display him on my shelf without him being Clamp Champ the way he would technically be. I kind of like that, and that's my custom, like, simple custom. But there is a part of me going, if that caught on and Mattel made a figure of E-Soul, he's welcome on my shelf. Because I I look at the line and it's like, you know, I I know... um, I know there's been some people, you know, the the, the representation of other colors of, of people aren't really there in that way. There there's there's some, but yeah, it's like it would be really cool to have a little more diversity even with that. And oh, that's kind of why I did it, to be completely honest. I was like, I don't want him to just to be clamp champ. He could be something else. <laughs> right. So. And a quick shout out, that was uh Demetrius Holt. That's who was yeah. the cosplayer that he sold with based on. So Yes. Yeah, yeah, did. I def, I definitely am inspired to do sit ups after meeting that <laughs> <Right>. guy. <laughs> you and a lot of people in the community at this point, yeah. That it, just just seeing him, it's like, yeah, that he's got the power, all right. That's all there Absolutely. is. Absolutely. So. <laughs> yeah. oh. There are certain there are certain body types that you're like, you know what? If I had that, I would probably wear a loincloth too. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it, that that's why I'll never get into cosplay because my body type just isn't that. And I'm like, all right, I'll let you guys do that stuff. When I was in high school, I could have pulled it off and I was, yeah, 140 pounds. But now, but when somebody can pull it off the way he did it, where it's like, that's not padding, that's him. It's like, yeah. more power to you. Congratulations. I, I could probably cosplay as Crackers the Clown and Sean would probably be my <laughs> Chef Allen. So that, that's oh, where yeah, we're working at. Yeah. That's our cosplay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> at least <laughs> oh, it's all good fun, Sean. Um, no, I've I know what I look like. It's okay. <laughs> <I know. laughs> oh, so no, no real good segue from there. But so, Matthew, tell us, tell us about your journey because we we got to tell ours in episode one. Every guest star we've had on so far has gotten to tell theirs. So basically, uh, how did you get into He-Man as a child, and what has kept you into He-Man to this day? Were there any periods where you jumped out of it, been back in? You know, just kind of your He-Man biography here. Okay. Um, so, uh, growing up as a He-Man fan, uh, definitely, uh, I was born in 83, uh, so watching He-Man as a young child was kind of uh part of my childhood uh we were not very wealthy so mm-hmm. i grew up with no helmet battle cat and sure. no harness he-man 
I was a thrift store Salvation Army yes. collector. Um, <laughs> so when Steven tells his podcast stories of ordering things from a JCPenney catalog, um, it kind of gets my Ridiculous. blood boiling. Uh, no, all but, my all my stuff was hand me downs in thrift shops. That's how you mean you could get like three He Man figures for five bucks. It was awesome. Yeah, you know, they had no yep, accessories, <laughs> hardly any armor, and, but it was awesome. Oh, <laughs> for sure. And and for some odd reason, I uh, I stuck with the He Man. I never really got into Thundercats or Joes or anything else. I just I liked the cartoon. My mom liked it. It had the morals at the end. So that kind of gave her the, you know what, this is pretty decent for my son type of mm-hmm. attitude. And so I, uh, I absolutely loved it. I, I had these, uh, uh, what are they called? Moon, like moon boots, like these winter boots that mm-hmm. I would yeah. wear. They were gray. They weren't even brown. They were gray. <laughs> and I have pictures with and they were my He-Man boots. They looked nothing like He-Man's boots, sure. but I always wore them, and they were my He-Man boots. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, just little memories like that growing up that it was just looking at photos, and I always had the action figures in my hands, and I loved the creativity uh, behind it. And uh, so as I got a little bit older, kind of into middle school, um, a lot more into sports and stuff, and I still always call myself drawing and I, I specifically remember, you know, sophomore year, freshman year, I'm drawing. What would it look like? I, I have these sketches, you know, if what if Ram Man was like this really big guy, you know, type of thing. And, and I'm doing these drawings and I'm hanging out on the org a little bit. And then all of a sudden mm-hmm. 2000 X launches yes. um, in 2001, I believe, or two. I graduated I high school in 01 and uh, that came out and I was like okay, <laughs> this visually was how I saw it as a child. Yes. And so it hit, it hit a lot of those markers where, no, this guy, would this would be accentuated, this would be bigger, and this would be sleeker, and, um, you know, Mackinac would be a little bit skinnier than the other mm-hmm. guys. And, you know, just little things like that. Buzz Off would, you know, be way more insect-like and, and so it hit all of those key points. And I think they did a very good job with that. And so, um, you know, I'm graduating high school and I'm, you know, working part time, and getting ready to go to college. And I'm in the toy aisle buying two of each, you know, type of yes. thing because I don't have going up bills. And my mom's looking at all these <laughs> toys in my bedroom what are you doing. And I'm just living, you know, living the dream, you know, up mm-hmm. on uh, the org at night and stuff like that. So. Um, I've always kind of just kind of carried it through. Uh, I would say, you know, getting married and I've been married for over just over a decade now. And, uh, you know, we have our three kids mm-hmm. and um, my son loves playing with my classics. Um, I think the I missed the subscription on one of the first couple uh, mm-hmm. subscription things. But at the time, I, you know, there's just a lot of money to swallow. Yes. And uh I was just like, you know what, I'm going to tap out on this one. And, and, but I've kind of grown my collection since then. And, and, uh, I, uh, there's just something about it. I think that for me, and I've said this and I'll say this probably till my dying day, it is the most creative property that I've ever seen. Um, built from scratch and i think that there's yeah there's other lines that you know 
can be considered creative because of how wacky and goofy it is. Um, but it just works. It, yes. the color schemes, characters, um, everything about it works and it just hits all the right markers for me when it comes to that kind of barbarian fantasy where, you know, you can put even all of my vintage stuff, you can put it on the floor in this room with kids who have never seen He-Man have never seen the cartoon do not know what it is. And these kids will be playing with them. And you could set them next to a pile of no offense GI Joes or something like that. (laughs) Absolutely. The five or six year old kid, he will play with these because there's just something about it that it just, it literally Mark Taylor and their team just knew how to scratch the itch of a young boy's fantasy. And that sounds really bad. (laughs) (laughs) We, um, (laughs) <laughs> but that's 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 the best way I can say it, is that they, it just it just hits all the right right notes. So um, oh, exactly. Um, yeah, I never really fell off, really. It's and it's funny you mentioned that because there is there's something to borrow a line from Eamon O'Donohue. There is something primal about Masters. Kids just see it and they just gravitate towards it. Um, I raised my kids on Masters, obviously. My daughter played with 2000X before the classics. You know, I had a lot of classics. She would she would play with them, and her cousins would be like, what are you playing with? They'd all play together, you know. And um, it's funny, actually, jumping back to Origins right quick, in the Walmart in the town over from us, I did go there, and there were four Skeletors on the peg. And I was thinking about grabbing them, and... And, you know, just getting them to people who needed them. But as I was standing there looking at some other stuff, um, this kid came along with his mom, and he just stopped. And he, 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 he like, rifled through them, see if there was anything besides Skeletor. He pulled a Skeletor off. He was looking at it. He showed it to his mom and everything. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to leave these here. You know, maybe some other collector will get them. But then again, maybe some kid will get them because... Same thing. There's nothing out there for kids right now for Masters. And he just stopped, and he was just transfixed by the Skeletor hanging on this peg, you know. And that that's mm-hmm. awesome to see. Yeah, and, and you know, I left I left the um, – I, I could have cleaned out my logo Walmart as well. And I just – I chose not to yeah. um, just on a personal level. I, uh, you know, I feel guilty all of a sudden I'm buying for – one of my buddies and then I feel like I got to buy for another buddy and that type of stuff. And I just, I just don't want to go down that path because I don't know when I'm going to be able to do that. And then on top of that, what you just mentioned, um, I loved seeing them in the aisles. You know what? It's, I, I want to see them in the aisles and I want other eyes to see them. So as much as I don't like hearing people, you know, complain about not being able to find them and, and we're only a few days into the launch and this and that and i get it that that can be frustrating oh, yeah. but when i see the aisles i want the fandom to grow and i want the the fans to grow and i am completely fine leaving those i left three battle cats and four skeletors and i hope that they're all gone by people that yeah. didn't even know it was good because and again i i hopped on facebook and i was like I took a picture of it and one of my buddies who's my age 
mm-hmm. uh, in the comic book industry, just a buddy. And he's like, are those new? Where'd you find those? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had to reset my brain because so often in our little groups, we kind of consider how we think about things and what we think about as the norm. But this guy that genuinely enjoyed He-Man also as a kid who didn't follow classics and he just kind of does his own thing. He said, where did you get that from? And I said, oh, it's it's dropped at Walmart. And he's like, yeah. oh, I'm going to check that out. And I'm like, there yeah, you, dude, awesome. you know, go get one, you know, type of thing where I just, I just, uh, I just don't want to get down the road of, you know, just seeing, you know, seven of these things and being like, I'm just going to box yeah. them all up and start shipping them to my buddies because they deserve them more than some little boys, you know, and, and again, not yeah. that that's the way people feel, but that's just my angle of looking at it. So. No, I mm-hmm. completely agree, and it's amazing. It, it, there are still people who pop up into the groups that don't know about classics. It's like, and we, like you said, we feel like, man, classics have been everywhere. Everyone knows about that, but no, there are people who have gone this whole time, maybe fans of He-Man, liked it when they are growing up, but still don't know that he's been back, like, twice, so, you know, and now a third time yeah. since the 80s. You know, it happens. Uh, we're just too mm-hmm. close to subject matter here to really, really get there. Um, sure. So real quick here, we are planning on having uh, Matthew back on because, unfortunately, I have not checked out any Defenders of Eden stuff yet. Um, so we're not going to get too deep in that today, but we plan on having him back. Well, you didn't ship it out until yesterday, Matthew. What do you want? That's my wife, and I apologize on her behalf. And if she uh, has, it's my fault. Yeah, always, always. We're all on the same page there. Don't worry. Um, but real quick, just tell us about uh, your career here, what you've done, and and you know you mentioned a little earlier about you were always sketching as you know a kid in middle high school. But what have you done professionally since then? Well, since then, on a professional level, I uh, I sell cars full time. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Something's so, got to pay uh, the bills. Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Thank. Um, no, but. In all reality, you know, my, my dream was always to, to write and create and, and draw and, and all those good things. So I, uh, started kind of putting my money where my mouth was and, and, you know, the origin story of, uh, Defenders of Eden, um, it sparked from an idea called Defenders of Eternia. And, uh, my, my thought process was what would happen a hundred years after He-Man? And, uh, you know, I started thinking about things and, and started developing characters and and I mean some of some of them were loosely based on characters from Filmation or 2000X or you know or or people that came after those people and uh, then they dropped that classics uh, that classics contest where they said mm-hmm. you know we uh, want you to submit characters yep. and uh, and I was like oh, oh that's awesome you know and we're looking at it and. And then you're reading the fine print and it's like, you know, every single character that you submit their likeness and the names and the powers and all this stuff, it's going to be, even if they don't use it on yep. this, um, it's going to be officially owned by Maddie or uh, Mattel. Mm-hmm. And um, something about that creatively, just from a, a, a writing standpoint, just didn't sit well with me. And um, luckily some of my stuff had already been online where I wouldn't actually be able to, uh, submit it anyways because it had to be like unseen uh content or something right. along those lines mm-hmm. um so 
I uh, approached um, CJ and Andrew and I said, hey, you know, I'm building the, the foundations of this world and um, I really don't want to give up these characters to Mattel. And uh, I think that we could turn it into something original and still have the heart of what we love about masters and the colors and the, the characters and, and the fun um, and the creativity behind it. And so uh, I approached them and sent them a couple sketches of a couple of my characters. Um, uh, I approached a couple guys from the org, um, Nate Barch and a few others that had characters that um, they were kind of done with that they created. And I said, Hey, you know, would your character, would you like to give your character over to ideas from Mars and, and be as part of this world of Eden? And, um, they said, yeah. And so we have, we basically outside of me and, uh, CJ, um, and Andrew, there's three other guys that they have contributed, um, their own characters into our world where I just thought those characters were so incredible. I'm like, I'd love for them to join this. So, so Baina, um, is in the world. And then there's a character named Eel, um, that is an old school or character, uh, a guy named Greg created him. And then Michael Adams created seashell. Um, uh-huh, yeah. and, and he is also, um, uh, further down the road, but he's also in the world as well. So, um, that was kind of the start of kind of that little spark of being like, you know what, let's just do our own thing. And, yeah. um, I, picked the right guys to be completely honest with you. I I picked the right guys and CJ just um, put the pencil to the paper and, and he makes it look incredible. And um, we have, you know, uh, a whole slew of, of characters that uh, we know from the org that as as people characters uh, that are like, go get it guys, you guys can do this. And they've been super supportive. And even on the Facebook community and starter community where, all of a sudden we do our launch and uh, um, everyone's kind of backing it. And all of a sudden we got this book printed and, and it's been incredible. My, my dream, you know, is not to be technically a, a, a publisher, you know, which I technically am now because I'm, you know, paying and, and doing all that stuff and I have my business and, and everything. But, you know, I would love to just make the comic books and, and, you know, have somebody else do kind of that back end business stuff. But, uh, for now, um, while we're on this lower level, um, mm. you know, doing defenders of Eden, um, I've got a book called modern wonders that I have a, an exclusive preview that's out right now. And then I have a book that was also a, a successful Kickstarter that's called disciple six. Um, that's more of a kind of a supernatural, uh, X-Men meets, uh, ghost writer kind of a superhero st- story um, for lack of better uh, description. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of what I'm doing right now with my free time while I'm not nice. uh, trying to sell cars and while I'm not trying to buy origins figures. So there you go. <laughs> there's not much time but left over once you're searching for origin figures that takes up most of the day there. You got to go to four different Walmarts and, yeah. Uh, and how's how's the car business going? Has it picked back up or are you guys open? Or? Yeah, we normally have 85 cars on the lot. We yeah. currently have 60 and wow. it is it is nuts. You think the toy community is crazy right now? We are importing 
cars from Canada, like no one's business. And uh, it's we lack of vehicles, at least in Michigan. I don't know where it's where you guys are, but yeah. I don't know. I don't follow. I don't follow car sales. So, but that that's awesome that you know they're at least they're coming back. You're getting some stuff moving that can only be good for the economy. So, yeah. Yep. For sure. All right. So that's Matthew Rodriguez. So Matthew, you picked the episode today, so we'll let you do a little introduction and kind of why you picked this episode. Well, episode did I pick uh, Oracle's Garden. That's that's what Sean told me you picked. I hope that's true. Yep, yep, you're good. <laughs> Basically, he didn't pick it so much as I go, how about this one? And he was like, that sounds great. <laughs> it, yeah, it works for me. It hits all the notes for me. Is there right. a reason why? Yeah. <laughs> because of my main man. And who's Who your main man? My main man is Moss Man. Moss and Man. He's, and he should be. <laughs> I enjoy the character. I love the look, the style. Um, I think that he is very underrated, and I consider him to be the best looking. <laughs> there you go. All right. Ah, so Orko's Garden. This is the 19th episode of the... Mike Young Productions, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe series. It was written by Len Uli and obviously directed by Gary Hartel. Uh, the episode before this was Trust, and the episode after was Buzz Off's Pride. So tw- more towards the tail end of the season than I remember it initially. Um, mm-hmm. But in th- this was a great episode. I remember Russian. Me and my buddies always used to gather... Uh, whenever it was on and watched the new episodes. So uh, it was always nice to see uh, the new characters. And this was one we were looking forward to for Mossman. And then we were even more surprised when Evil Seed popped up on the screen as well. Or maybe it was the other way around. I know one of them, one of them was announced yeah. as being in the show and one of them wasn't. Um, right. I can't remember which way it was now. But yeah, it was, it was a neat surprise. Uh, let you or Sean. I'm sorry, I skipped over you. You got any uh, initial memories of the episode? Um, I remembered, uh, like I watched the show on YouTube, not on Cartoon Network when it aired. And when I saw the name Orko's Garden, I was like, Oh God! But then when I actually sat yeah. down to watch it, I'm like, Evil Seed, Evil Seed, and then. Holy crap, Mossman and the way that they show him, which yeah. we're going to show in a little bit here. I was like, now you got me thinking. Now, you, now you're talking and how Mossman's represented because I know uh, Matthew's version is more, uh, you know, like he's the spy. He camouflages in. But when you're talking about like turning him into somebody that uses like the green goodness, as my wife would say to make her kids eat the veggies, you know, it's like <laughs> he's using all of his powers to use as a way to defend attorney. I'm like, that works for me. That that yeah, new take yeah. on him, I re- really enjoyed. Yeah, more. Oh, the, yeah. If, if sorry, uh, just, no, you're fine. I was just gonna say more of the elemental force than just the mm-hmm. the forest, you know. Well, yeah, and, and if there was if there was a character uh, to expand the role of into you know the godlike qualities or the the legend, um, 
you know, those kind of angles that you can play with characters and, and lore, um, it's obviously him. So oh, I, yeah. I don't fault them at all for going that route. That's probably the same route I would have gone because I mean, and I think he looks fantastic. Yeah. And, and the other thing too, in this episode, I love that they give him and evil seed an unspoken history. Yes. And like, it's one of those things where 2000 X had the, the ability to look back at filmation and go, well, this is what they did. Here's a character that might team up well as being the antithesis of this character. Mm-hmm. And so we had now the rivalry here, kind of like Jitsu, Fisto, Skeletor, He-Man, Evil Seed, Mossman. Makes sense. But I love how this is the series to go, let's actually do it. Let's see what happens with this. So, yeah. yeah. yeah and that, it's, it's a surprise in a lot of ways for me. Good surprises. That's the interesting thing, too, is like, Evil Seed is one of my favorite filmation episodes, but at no point watching that was I ever like, well, Mossman should be here, you know? Yeah. But then once yeah. they presented it in and Mike Young, then it's like, well, obviously he should have been there. Like that that's exactly. perfect. Um now Matthew, since Mossman is your is your boy here, uh yes. if if you had to pick Elemental or Camouflage Master. Well, I mean, if I really had to pick, I yeah. would pick both. I, both. I, <laughs> but I mean, I mean, the the power level of the vintage, basically, or the power level of Mike Young, you know. I think I would have liked uh, the. I think okay, so I think the power level in my head for Mike Young, mm-hmm. it it would need to be toned down a little bit, okay. but I think that visually they gave him that so that they could really kind of uh, set him apart. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's one of those things, I mean, uh, creatively uh, in in every aspect, you have to be careful because when you go down a road with the character to a certain level, yep. you have to realize that now that affects everything else. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the easiest way I can put this is if you decide the foot soldiers are going to have guns yeah. in the beginning of the film where you could have just said they're not going to have guns, then in the end of the film, you're like, wait, we got to quick make them bulletproof turtles because <laughs> we made that choice yeah. earlier in the movie. And so with Mossman, having him have that extreme of powers, yes. I think is fine as long as you realize that it needs to kind of uh, apply everywhere within the world then as well. You know what I mean? Oh, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, should he be as old as King Grayskull? Has uh, he been around that I don't long? know. Who, I, I don't know who King Grayskull is. If oh, you're yeah. asking, you're full of it. He's being that guy. Yeah. No, I, uh, I, I would, I would say so. Yeah. I would say that I, oh, yeah. I like him being, uh, I like him being kind of a guy that his timeline kind of overlaps a lot of other uh, histories. Very nice. All right. Yeah. No, I, I agree on most points. I do think he is a little overpowered in, in this, but it's also so fun to watch. So you do, you just ignore oh, it. For sure. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So let's jump right into it. For those of you following along at home, uh, pop in your DVDs, pull it up on YouTube, whatever you need. Uh, for those of you watching us on YouTube, uh, you'll see it right over there. So, three, two, one. 
<laughs> there he is. Editing will be great. That's Leonardo. <laughs> I could not stop hearing that when I first started watching the show. I'm not going to lie. But ever, uh, but now it's now it's when I go watch Turtles. Now I hear He Man's voice whenever Leonardo <laughs> speaks. So it's it's come along. I actually I had him uh, record his voice uh, uh, recording to my son as Leonardo when I met him at PowerCon. That nice. is cool. <laughs> yeah, I heard he's a great guy too. <laughs> yeah this person in man at arms always struck me as he's he's just done with orco every time orco even says anything <laughs> oh absolutely <laughs> oh gary chalk and i liked i like these moments they took in here where they just did like everyday palace life, you know, just different tasks and even Adam mm-hmm. gets to be the jerk prince here. I mean it's it's great seeing this character development. <laughs> yeah, that's it, Orco. That's why no one takes you seriously. I got to admit, uh, I, you know, Gabe Kuth passed away not too long ago. I, I want to say it was a year or so ago now. Uh, and he passed away young. He, he, he was in a motorcycle accident and passed away. But uh, for all those people that don't like this version of Orko, I actually felt he brought a lot more heart to the character. I mean, I'm sure, yeah, there's those people, oh, it's Orko, whatever, and all that stuff. Yeah. But this version... Especially, I'm sure there's something I can do. You know, it's like, for as annoying he is, there's these little moments where you just like, you just want to kind of like, you know, ruffle his hat a little and just go, oh, or come. You know, you scam. Yeah. I think it's just a voice. If he'd gone a little less uh, Urkel with it, I think it would have been a little more palatable. Um, well, it, it, there there was an interview where he said when he was recording, they just kept going, can you do this? Can you do that? And he was like getting this hodgepodge of things from the the director to the point where they're like, can you do it faster? Can you do it higher pitch? Can you do this? Can you do that? And then finally he got to this point. And I think even he admitted like, this isn't necessarily the way I was hoping to do it, but this is what they kept telling me I needed to do for the character. Yeah. And it would have been kind of nice to go, well, how would you have took this? What direction, you know, but I didn't feel he did a bad version. And no. sometimes to me, it was more the writing of him than anything. Than the voice itself, so no, I agree with that. <laughs> Still makes me laugh. And really, I mean, how'd the palace guard get this decrepit? I mean, this is just a shame on the house of Randor right here. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's 2000X, Queen Marlena. I mean, I'm not saying that the women should do the gardening, but I, I think <laughs> of it like. With with like when you when you think of like uh, the presidents and stuff, they'll usually have like the first lady is out in the garden and you know doing certain things, doing photo ops and stuff like that. And I'm thinking Queen Marlene is a bit more of like a warrior in this one. 
Yeah. I'm sure she doesn't give a crap about the garden. She's worried about the kingdom, you know, like everybody else. Exactly. They need a Chef Allen for the garden. That's what <laughs> they need. <laughs> Who? I love that part. <laughs> That's what it had. It had been Mossman we didn't know about beforehand. We probably knew about Evil Seed. And then... We- I remember that now. Rayman's just like, oh yeah, Moss Man. And we're sitting here like, Moss Man? Like, he's going to be in it too? And then we legitimately thought this form that Orko's about to see, we legitimately thought that was Moss Man at first. And it's like, what yeah, did they do to a, him? A, it, threw you, it threw you off for a quick second. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we had no indication that he was going to be in here. And then it's like, okay, well, everyone else has been redesigned. That. Certainly could be Moss Man. I think the voice gives it away that he's a little loony, though. <laughs> yeah, as, as soon as you see his his form, you're yeah, like, yeah. okay, this could be, and then he speaks, and you're like, yeah. Eh. yeah. And plus, the red eyes kind of make yeah. you go. Ugh. Everything else, it's like everything in 2000X was extreme and battle armors and stuff like that. It's like, all right, maybe he's armored up with like plant life or whatever. I could buy that, but. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, and then when he starts talking, he sounds like Starscream. It's yeah. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, and then you notice That's a different the, take on him. The vine chain there and everything. So. It's because even that angle, even even that angle at, right there, you're like, okay, they're doing, they're doing the green version of Beast Man. Like that's yeah. his body type. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That would have fit perfectly, actually. When it, I didn't even think of that, but yeah, the fact that it was Beast yep. Man and Moss Man share the same exact deal from the original, and even in the 2000X, they they did the same thing with the exclusive. Yep, it was just a Beast Man flocked. <laughs> but once once the seed starts spinning into the ground like that, you're like, okay, that's definitely not Moss Man. <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting, too, because they designed that whole, like, prison outfit for Evil Seed and then, like, never used it again. It's But it's a neat design. Mm. Yeah, I thought it looked pretty cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there it is. Great scene here. All of Evil Seed's vines crawling under the palace. It's like the intro to a Spider-Man movie. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It is. It really is. I just absolutely love that that they, they knew that the cast and the rest of the team were fun and colorful and exciting and Mm -hmm. just that they kind of, they showed it more as as the masters of the universe, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it was nice to see here because in the filmation episode, we didn't get to see any of this. By the time He-Man got to Palace, it was over, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. So it's cool to see the Vines actually, like, taking everybody down, catching them all by surprise, and really, I mean, it's a huge threat. It was in filmation, and it is again here. The only place they're not growing is the garden. Poor mm-hmm. Arco. Here he is. I see that smile. <laughs> well, and, and the, the funny thing is, too, like, just like that, they obviously went out of their way to give uh, different characters different voices. You know how yes. Stratos has that British accent and, mm-hmm. and different things like that. And so they have him, I don't know if he's like kind of this southern a gentleman type of, uh, of yeah. a, most people call me Mouse Man. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the the way I always equated it was he had this like Andy Griffithness about him, yeah. but that's not exactly. But it has yeah, that like yeah. it, he he's got a little bit of a southern, like you said, southern gentleman kind of a vibe to well, him. Well, but like, is, it, are they like giving him a farmer's voice? Like, because it sort of sounds like yeah. that's what they were aiming for. <laughs> yeah. No, but then exactly. at the same time, he looks like he's got the. Uh, He's got the uh, ponytail and all that and stuff, and it's almost like he's he's the farmer. But guess what? He farms. It's not. Like, yeah. <laughs> he he's farming a whole different thing. You know? <laughs> it, I kind of I kind of dig that. It, it like um, he's got that like hippie slash farmer vibe that that really. It's a surprise, but it works. I never mm. thought of him in that think, way growing up. I, I think it works, and even even throughout this, that he seems to have a calm demeanor about things, even though things are kind of going crazy. Mm-hmm. Kind of fits. Mm-hmm. And that's something and, that... Oh, go ahead. No, even this being Evil Seed, like, obviously, this we all know that this was a redesign. Like, yeah. this is what Evil Seed should have looked like. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that in this version, especially, you have... Like you said, Mossman has this like he's he's got this peacefulness to him, mm-hmm. and then I like how even uh, like Cyclone, Cyclone yeah. is the one that's very calm and you know methodical in his thinking. He's got that Zen, almost like he'd practice yoga and probably you know meditate and all that stuff too. So I like that the heroes this time around have a little bit of that going on for him in these stories. Yeah, and who doesn't? Yeah, I dig this uh, dinosaur too. Yeah, (laughs) they're great designs. There he is. That's a cool reveal.
He's got a little of the early Peter Cullen Optimus Prime thing going on. I just realized that. Because he played him like a cowboy in the original, like John Wayne a little. And it's like, it's funny because you have him sounding like Optimus. And like I said, Evil Seed sounds like Starscream. I'm like, eh, it works. That's that's why it works for us. Yeah, it works. Playing right into our wheelhouse. It's innate. Exactly. I just love the different hue, the different shades of the green here. Like Mossman is that very vibrant, you know, greens, and then Evil Sea is that brownish, you know, pukish green for all his stuff. You know, it really gives you the two ends of the plant spectrum there. Well, the other thing too is like he has almost like a bastardized version of what you could come up with, mm-hmm. and uh, Mossman's yeah. using the natural way things would be right. and evil seeds turning them into like a, a, a monstrosity or a mutated version of something that wouldn't even be like right. plant like exactly. in, in nature or whatever. I got to, I got to plug them again, but if you guys type in Moss man by bear show, if you've seen his, uh, his Moss man design, he adds a little bit more of a, of a lion uh, element to it. Very cool. I'll check that out. I don't know if I've seen that one offhand. It doesn't ring a bell. It's very 2000X, but it has a little bit more of a a feline feel to it. And I like how long they let Mossman Evil Seed fight, and they're not even trying to bring Adam into it yet, or He-Man, you know? It's it's nice to see these characters actually get their dues instead of just, well, we got to get He-Man in here. And like you said earlier, not this time, Mossman. You know, like, these guys have a history. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the great line by Walks Randy. away holding, holding the queen's hand like, I'm the boss, yeah. <laughs> now, I will say that I was kind of disappointed that they set evil seed after gray skull it just kind of made him more like you know just like another skeletor you know i think this episode yeah, I, could have done fine with him just trying to take over the palace and defeat moss man you know yep the only thing that really does is set up the council of evil idea even more there because it's yeah. like, you know, why would Skeletor rally all of those those uh, other villains that were one-off villains other than for something like that? But uh, that's it. Otherwise, yeah, yeah it, it would have been cool to just have Mossman versus Evil Seed go at it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. I watched this episode probably three years ago when I was going through 2000X again and just having fun with it. And that, this was the one to make me go, I need Moss Man on my classic shelf. Yeah. There's no way around it. I just needed Moss Man finally. <laughs> so. 
And he's up there now. The one thing that turned me off to this episode is uh, what they uh, for a while after it was it was done airing. Cartoon Network would air it like early in the mornings, and I was working overnights then, and so I would catch it in the morning. But it seemed like every time I caught it, it was this episode. Like, <laughs> so I, I just got sick of seeing it after a while. It's like, man, it's always Orko's Garden on here. They didn't actually go in like proper rotation. It seemed. See, like this here, it's like, it's a cool visual, but it's a little too much there. Like, his whole bottom half is this giant carpet, you know, yeah. of, of grass. I, I, I would think it, if it was like a surfboard type of thing, it could have been a little bit cooler. Yeah, yeah. Seeing He Man chop the head off a giant anything is awesome. Yeah. That's how I played when I was a kid. That Rancor from Star Wars had no chance, yeah. let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone loves a good Hydra. They could have ended it there, but they, you know, extended it a little bit. It's pretty cool. Come on, He-Man, think. Stop chopping the heads off. Hydras are always a great storytelling monster. All, all I have in my head now is Red Skull. Take down one head, two more, take its place. <laughs> I just have to go back to Disney Hercules. That's the first Hydra I remember that really stuck with me. Gotcha. Gives Fisto a run for his money, too. Mm-hmm. No, he's tough. <laughs> like that they even they even brought out a mace. Like, they couldn't let the episode go without actually having his mace. That works. I'm gonna drown you in grass. Yeah. The good kind with flowers. The the good kind with flowers. We're not gonna let you have the fun grass. We're gonna let you have this. He man is still doing what he does best, just chopping off heads. Yep. <laughs> Finally get to the root. There you go. Mm-hmm. 
They really just call Mossman for any problem. I mean, he could cover the, <laughs> the whole, all the evil warriors with that in no time. Just done. And like that right there, that was his, um, that was his tune. That was his music, wasn't it? Yeah. Like they didn't use that music for anyone else. There's some good seeds right there. This is why we never see this desert area again. That's it. Mossman makes it look so easy. (laughs) (laughs) Look at that. Two lessons at the end. Patience and know your limitations. Yeah. Key man's doing the looks like he's he's physically pretty pretty big compared to yeah. man right there. Yeah, he man's he man's up above uh um man arms and moss man's up above him. Always bring a rake. <laughs> Till next time. And just like that, all of your fans are going to have Moss Man on their classic shelves now after watching that. Yeah, that's magic. They don't already. Yeah. I'm I'm one of those guys where I kind of wish I could have a classics version of the way he looked on the show on top of the fact that classics first. I just, I like that look to him quite a lot. And even if they made him a bigger body type or whatever, but hey, I like, uh, you and I were both talking a little little minute ago uh, about the the new face even, and yeah, how it yeah. looks more 2000x and it's his own character, right? Uh, and that's how I have him displayed. My classic figure has the the not the Beast Man face. I uh, don't think they should go back to that at this point. He definitely needs his own unique right. face, right? So, um. So here's hoping when they get to him in uh, Origins, they'll they'll do the right thing oh. and not just make him a Beast Man repaint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's been a couple choices with the Origins line that kind of strike <laughs> me funny just with the decisions, but um, I think that I think that the the new head is is definitely needed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, and and the funny thing is is that uh, if you guys. Recall, Mossman actually had an 
another 2000X look, which the Four Horsemen came up with their own design for him, uh, which was used in one of the, on one of the covers for the MV Creations comic. You remember that one? I don't recall right now, but I'm going to have to do a little bit of legwork on that. I know they yeah. did. I, I remember they had a different Zodak look, that yep. alien look. Yep. But, the same, um, the same not... cover. It's got a different Mossman on it, too. He doesn't have a nose. He's more plant-like. Okay. He's got, like, some tendrils coming off of him. Um, okay. But Mike Young got it out there first, that you know, the this Mossman, so that kind of became the de facto Mossman at that point. Yeah. Cool. All right, so closing thoughts on the episode and a ranking. Uh, Matthew, you're the guest, so you go first. Okay, so the ranking of 2000X episodes. Uh, Orko's Garden is right behind the beginning, one, two, and three. Okay. And uh, because it features the best Master <laughs> Universe character Orko. ever created. Orko. Orko. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, no, I, I put it up. Th- I put it up there because it has a nice, uh, diverse cast. As far mm-hmm. as they have Buzz Off in there and and Ram Man, and you get the King and Queen yep. in on a little bit of the action. So that's kind of cool. Um, I do like the little the rope a dope that they used with Evil Seed. That I think that kids that are not familiar with the characters kind of would have been right with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, not knowing who it was. Um, the uh, Lower half, the the only thing that I will say taking away from the episode would be, in my opinion, the lower half of his body being uh, the moving giant wave. Yes. Uh, although, <laughs> I, but I guess, I mean, if I'm a four-year-old or seven-year-old looking at that, it could be a little bit cooler. But I thought that that was where we should have uh, pulled the reins back in right. uh, on the creativity. I agree. And you're, and you're ranking out of ten. Oh, my bad. I thought I was just ranking it out of all of the 2000 episodes. <laughs> no, we can't. Because I was putting we, it. We can't keep right track of that. Cyclones episode. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's that's okay. difficult. That's difficult. Yeah, no, me but, and Sean, we're too simple. We drink like everything number one every week when we cover it. Yep. So, yeah, we do a ranking okay. one, one through ten, one being a dud and ten being perfection. Okay, so I'm going to give this one. I don't think it gets perfection uh, because I, 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 I do honestly believe that uh, the origin, the one, two, and three beginning episodes of this cartoon mm-hmm. uh, are going to be hard to beat when it comes to a movie. Sure. Uh, but, I mean, story and plot goes, I think that those are very well constructed. Um, but I'm going to give it eight and a half out of ten Orcos. There you go. Nice. All right, Shawnee, you want to follow up that eight and a half? Yeah. um, I noticed, and I I didn't notice it for every time I've watched this one so far. This is one of the few episodes Battle Cat's in it, and he doesn't get knocked out. That's nice. That raises that full <laughs> point right there. That that negates what I said last episode, where every time he shows up in 2000X, you might as well figure he's just getting knocked out. No, this time he's he's because he's green. It's all about the green characters. They all get through to the very end, I guess. Um, I like it. But yeah, this this was a heck of a surprise episode when I when I got to watch it because I didn't expect them to do the take on Mossman. 
I love the new take on the evil seat. I love that they have the two of them going head to head. I'm going to do eight out of 10 on this one. It's nice. a fun episode. Uh, cool revisionist way of looking at both characters. And I do like the godlike ability of them, but I, 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 I'm iffy about that whole the the wave of grass. Like there's a part yeah. of me that goes, that's kind of cool. But then the other part of me is like, it, it does make him look a little more powerful when you have He-Man there too. You know, like he's supposed to be the most powerful man in the universe or whatever. But yeah, eight out of 10. All right. And I, I agree with all your points. It's, it's, it's a fun episode. It's a great retelling. Uh, not much more I can say about it. So I'll just go with my ranking. I'm only going to go a seven out of 10 though. Um, I just feel the Orco parts dragged down. Yeah, look at me like that all you want. <laughs> 7 out of 10 still a very good score. You realize we want him back on the show again, right? <laughs> he'll be back. He'll want to push Defenders of Eden issue 3, so he'll be yeah. back. That is true. That is true. Uh. Ah, so no, it's it's a very enjoyable episode, guys. If you didn't just check it out with us now, go check it out. Watch it again. It's just fun. Um, all right, so if we're if we're all good there, it is time for yep. our newest segment. Remastering their universe. Yes, fans, it is time for remastering their universe. Uh, so stay, sticking with the 2000X theme, luckily enough, Yep. Uh, we are going to talk about Of Machines and Men from Mike Young Productions. This was the seventh episode of the second season of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Uh, and it followed The Price of Deceit, and the episode after it is Second Skin. Uh, so real quick here, Of Machines and Men... Uh, it finds uh, all the electronics around Eternia knocked out uh, by the wizard Sortek uh, because he needs He-Man. He wants to bring He-Man and Skeletor to his laboratory to help uh, get his power source back online so he doesn't die and so he can get control of his machines again. Um, and there is a very nice subplot where Queen Marlena winds up lost uh, when her ship crashes and is hunted by the Snake Men. Um, and then King Randor and Battlecat end up saving her while He-Man defeats Skeletor and puts the power back online for Sortek. Uh, this is also the notorious episode for featuring that god-awful 2000X battle line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, who wants to kick us off here? Who's got the first thing they would change about this episode to make it a bit... I'll go um, real quick. Here's the thing. This episode to me, like I rewatched it and I'm like, to be honest, the B plot is really freaking good. It is. So I wouldn't change a thing about that, to be honest. My main thing (laughs) with this episode is I would change all of that storyline because the whole battle armor thing is ridiculous. And it, it that is a huge, here's something to sell toys yes. w- on this show, which I'm not a fan when they do that as often on here compared to, like, Filmation didn't try to do that as often. Yeah. Here, I felt like they shoehorned that in certain episodes. And this, for me, is like, the He-Man plot, to me, just is like, ah, it, it doesn't do anything. 
it's the first episode I can think of where I'm like, I'd rather watch King Randor after Queen Marlena because yes. she's in danger. Yep, I have, so. I have that exact same thing. The B plot is perfect. Leave that just yes. how it is. That's that's a great episode. My yeah. my problem with the battle armor, since you brought it up, is you know because because one of the things with this is we want to stay within the parameters set forth. So can you take the battle armor out of here and still feel that it's the same uh, parameters that are that are set by this episode originally? I was thinking about it, and I'd say yeah. Okay. Honestly, like I couldn't come to an answer myself. Honestly, so the the well, the battle armor is a, is there. Here's this in order to launch the plot. Mm-hmm. But to me, I felt like there could have been something one way or the other instead. Where and and the other thing too is why was he? I mean, he man obviously he's, a, he's the most powerful man in the universe and all that again. Yeah. And it's uh, okay. We're bringing him and we're bringing Skeletor. Who's the this Sortec guy obviously is completely behind the times because he doesn't get the idea. If you put the two of them in a room together, they're going to beat the living crap out of each other, and yes. they're not going to be interested in helping him, which is the whole point of the freaking episode. And that's what drives right. me nuts because there's a part of me thinking it would have been cool to have Man-at-Arms being the one that is trying to find why the power in attorney is going out, and he and He-Man get led to this guy who needs help, but then Skeletor is also looking to maybe with Triclops because on Trapjaw, put them yep. in there and rotate the villains around a little bit more. And it's the whole, you know, this is the power of Eternia. He, this Sortec guy in his mm-hmm. history said, I harnessed this because up until I harnessed the power, mm-hmm. it was hard for anybody to have power. We, this is how we did it. And, right. and how the, the, basically the technology then, through us harnessing the, the power and mm-hmm. you know it's like i i don't think you needed the the whole wizard of oz head showing up and being that yeah. guy it, it could have just been you know that something's going on they always have the 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 sensors indicate something's happening in this area oh well that's where cream marlena's ship is we try to get in touch with the ship it crashed so you have he-man and man-at-arms going in one mission in that area maybe which is the power problem and you have Randor going, I got to get the queen back. And that's when He-Man does take Battle Cat. They take a Wind Raider or something and go off and sure. do their thing while Randor's riding Battle Cat. And you get rid of all that toy placement episode. Okay. Okay. Well, right right there, like you said, it, um, you know, it would make sense, uh, you know, if the, the, where the, if the good guys camp, you know, came to some conclusion, hey, you know, what's going on? The bad guys camp with Triclops would also do a similar thing where, right. you know, if if they were to if Man at Arms and He Man were to show up and you know, Triclops is already there um with Skeletor, you know, um it yeah, I, I think that it could have been handled um a little bit differently in that in that case. But like you guys said, I I mean I completely echo the B plot was like yeah, like let me have an episode of mm-hmm. King Randall and Battle Cat, little buddy time. Um, uh, I, I I really enjoyed that very much. And plus, you have Queen Marlena being uh, more of a warrior than I mean, we we have uh, in filmation we have Rainbow Warrior, for instance, where she gets to show off the her astronaut abilities and her piloting skills and everything. But this one, it's like no, she's going head to head with the Snake Men. And she's holding her own. And I, I really was impressed by that part of the show uh, when they went there. But um, 
Yeah, so, I mean, just the idea you have Skeletor involved plus the Snake. It's like the Snake Man is the B plot for Randor. Skeletor, Trap Jaw, and Triclops is the A plot for He Man and and uh, Man at Arms. And also make it that they're outnumbered in that case. You have two yeah. of the Masters versus them, you know, and just have that be a little more interesting too. So how, how about how about this? Because I thought the same thing. I thought it was like you mentioned earlier, Sean. It. It Sortex seems to be behind the times. Like he doesn't quite oh, get yeah. He Man Skeletor. <laughs> so, what if we make uh, Sortex an alien? What if he crash landed on Eternia instead of having been there the whole time? And then you're playing a little bit more into the more like the arena from Filmation, where you've got an off-world guy that's looking for help, and he just summons the two most powerful people on the planet. Mm-hmm. You know, and that takes number one. It takes care of the issue of how didn't he know that these two were going to beat the crud out of each other? And number two, they talk about like He Man's got a line at the end, like we've changed a lot since the Great Unrest. But Sortex stuff—that's too advanced for the Great Unrest. Like they they yeah. weren't that advanced at this time, so mm-hmm. it it solves that problem for me too. If we'd make him off world. And he crash landed here. That's why he's got this advanced technology, you know, and that's why he doesn't understand that. Yeah, these two are the most powerful, but they're they don't get along well, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd be fine with that. No problem. I mean, I I mean, it was too Wizard of Oz. That was the other thing. Every time yes. I watch this one, I'm like, oh, never mind the man behind the curtain, and and. There is something pitiful when you see him and he's all, put, you know, all the circuitry going through him and all that stuff. And, yeah, it's like I feel for the guy and the whole, like, Skeletor showing up. But it's like, yeah, Skeletor showing up. You're going to give the power to a dude with a bone face. I mean, yeah. not to be prejudiced, but I have a <laughs> feeling it's not the greatest idea um, uh, in this uh, in this world. And, you know, like, it is, it, like, every time I watch this one, all I keep thinking is, like, aliens, you know, get away from her, you bitch, right. and all that. And they, that's kind of what He-Man does at the end of this, too. And it's like, all right. But I don't know. I, I'm not a fan of the battle armor. I'm not a fan of some of that stuff. Yeah. It's just, let's just keep it simple with, you know, he. It, I like the idea Man-at-Arms could be the one trying to help right. him while He-Man's holding off everybody else. And that gives He-Man a really cool action sequence. Randor's got the cool B plot, which th- there's moments of seeing him on Battle Cat with that armor. Yeah. Where I'm just like, this colors my whole way of looking at Masters in a nice way. Because I, for years, I, I kept going, how come Randor never got the power sword? And then when I see this episode, I'm like, it would be pretty damn cool if you still would have had the power sword. Because that silhouette of him on Battle Cat yeah. is like, it's something out of Jack Kirby meets Conan. It really oh, works. Absolutely. Um, and I guess my other thing is, okay, so I actually, I actually like your idea about, about not, about Sortek not summoning them. Um, I had it in there originally, but I, I like that better. If he doesn't summon them, they find out on their own. Um, but basically his ship crash landing sets off this EMP basically, which is making all the Eternian tech fluctuate. Because that's yeah. my other thing. It's like, so this EMP's going on, which takes out all the Eternian stuff. But then his stuff's all fine. You know, how's mm-hmm. that work? Um, and, and let's talk about that real quick because it's kind of... So So what What should be out then if this this magnetic pulse went out? Um, 
Because as we saw, obviously, Triclops visor, that makes sense to me. That that shouldn't work. Uh, Mechanex neck, sure, that's completely tech. But, like, Trapjaw couldn't even move his jaw. Yeah. Which, like, to me, Trapjaw's jaw is just, like, a metal jaw over his the remnants of his real jaw. So wouldn't he still be able to move his muscles? You know? Um, you wouldn't think. And same with Manny Faces for me. It's like, okay, how much of that is his armor and how much of that is just his ability? Um, while it was <laughs> kind of funny to see that split face on Manny Faces, at the same time, you're kind of like, okay, we need to set some boundaries here, some rules, and stick yeah. with them, you know? <laughs> the, the Manny Faces moment was pretty much, oh, that's how my three-year-old leaves him every time he comes down to my basement because right. like, he's right in between modes. Ah, you can't do that. No, I agree. Like, uh, there's, there's definitely. I, I wasn't a huge fan of everything technological being knocked out. I kind of like the idea, uh, even, even like Triclops's visor and stuff. I like the idea that maybe the Doom Seekers would have gotten shorted out because of the EMP. Yeah. And I like the idea that you know their sensor equipment in the palace when they monitor everything goes out, and they would have just said the well, last any, known location that... was you know there the 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 corridors of Lithos and all that mm. stuff and to go get the queen. right any anything that would use you know like a uh, a signal or a satellite type of thing you know what I mean like mm. if you left it there it still causes the issues that they have to solve. But it doesn't get to the like, you know, the the regular stuff of yeah, like you're saying, you know, the the trap jaw all of a sudden like my jaw doesn't work. It's like there's not really anything there other than the visual yeah. that you know the, the the visual cue that they were going for, you know. Mm-hmm. No, I agree, and I could even see that as you know, it, to me, you can always make every story better by putting a ticking clock in there. So you could even do this as 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 waves. Like these waves are coming out from Zortex's ship, and like first it takes out Queen Marlena's ship, then it starts messing with the track with the radars, and mm-hmm. so you're 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 running against that time. Like okay, if these pulses keep coming out, it's going to keep shorting out more and more stuff. So it, it gives you that sense of urgency because that's also what's missing from here. There's no urgency here, you know. Yeah. Like could you could you imagine that? Could you imagine? Bellator and, and uh, Triclops traveling there, and then like each time that that wave goes through or past him, his uh, visor spins. You know, yeah. he's like <laughs> kind of kind of thrown off for a minute, and then he has to like kind of refocus himself, and then they yeah. continue. Yeah, perfect. Like exactly. Yeah, make it make it, and it's getting worse each time. Make it, you know, make him crash yeah. land because the pterodactyl goes out or something like that. You know, <laughs> it's. No, I, yeah. I I think that's exactly how put a put a clock on it, you know, because um, actually the like Sean said earlier, the design of Sword Tech is awesome. Like I actually I've really liked that design ever since I first saw the episode. I was like mm-hmm. his his whole mouse gone and the beard is like all the wires and everything. Like it's it's a real yeah, neat mm-hmm. visual. But I agree, and I put it down here. Save the reveal till the end. Like let. He-Man and Man-at-Arms fight their way in here, and then they find him, and it turns out like, oh, this is just a guy that needs our help, rather than him doing right. the Wizard of Oz thing, because that was so forced, even when we first uh, watched that. We were like, oh, yeah. come on. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of that. And every time, I don't know what it is. I think it's just because it's a cliche thing that I've seen 
more than once now. And it, I don't know. Like, if if I was He-Man in that reality, I would have been like, there's some dude behind this. And, you know, it's like, yeah. you aren't... Because they even have that moment where he actually tries to punch the hologram. And I'm like... Yeah. No. No, no, no. Like, I know you have wisdom. That's part of the power of Graceful. You should know better than this. You know? Yeah, that's clearly yeah. a hologram. So... Yeah. And, and, you know, I actually... Originally, I had written down here... Um, maybe make this a He-Man and Skeletor team-up episode. But after after hearing... After talking out with you guys, I, I think... Scrap that. Even though that is what 2000X is missing, it never really had a good He-Man Skeletor team up. That's um, true. But but before you before you go down that road, let's think mm-hmm. about it. It could be cool if this is messing with Triclops as they get closer and closer, mm-hmm. as much as it's frustrating him, and it's messing with Man at Arms in the same way, or or they both Man at Arms and Triclops would both figure out, hey. Let's save the battle for another day. This is going to mess up everything you guys yeah. do, and it's going to everything we do in our kingdom. So we need to, you know what I mean? I, I think that there's a thread there that yeah. definitely could work and sort of give you that, uh, not that it's needed, but that camaraderie even between those two being like, hey, He-Man, Skeletor, let's not make this about punch-punch, kick-kick yeah. right now. Let's... This is something that me and him both kind of can see eye to eye on. Um, I think that that could actually work now that you mentioned that. There you yeah, go. That's, that's what I was, that that is the road I was going down on my own. Yeah. So, and I guess I guess you could marry the two. You could have it start off with that, but then they realize, yeah, like you said, if Triclops starts getting messed up and their vehicles crash, and it's like, okay, we can fight or we can stop this thing. And it leads to right. a temporary if alliance. To, if we continue, yeah, if we continue to fight, yeah, this might uh, affect us. For, like it might, there might be this end game where we're both screwed. Right. It it puts them into the dark ages again, and they'll, they the stuff that they have to be who they are now out the window. Right. That's they'll have. To, that's basically they they did mention that if I remember it's something about you know the, until. Sortak found a way to harness the energy. It was the Dark Ages. Right. So, yeah, it makes sense. They, it's like, okay, it's going to throw us back a millennia, mm-hmm. and we're, we're back where the cavemen were on Eternia and all right. that stuff. And then when they, when they, they, so they join forces, they get in there, and then once they get in there, they realize it's just this injured old guy. And, but then, of course, Skeletor sees a chance to take all the power for himself. And, of course, a double cross comes because it's, it's not a good yeah. team and Skeletor team up without a double cross. <laughs> sure. Well, here's here's one thing I'll say, though. Uh, did you? No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I was thinking of uh, Orko's guard because you said trust was before that. I was going to say if trust was right before this, you don't want to do that again because it's the same team up thing with Stratos and Trapjaw, but no, we did that first season. This is second season. I forgot about that. So it wouldn't be a bad idea. And how about, how about you flip it a little bit? How about, so we, we introduced Triclops into it. How about Skeletor turns on him, but Triclops doesn't because Triclops is obviously the most messed up by this because every time this pulse comes, he's without all of his, his vision, his his abilities mm-hmm. that he's used to. Yeah. So Skeletor goes for the power source. He-Man fights him off. 
And Man Arms and Triclops realize that they need to get this computer back online, this energy source back online, before yeah, Skeletor right. has a chance to take it. And it's keeping with Triclops, because Triclops has been shown to to disobey Skeletor and to do his own thing when it's necessary. Yeah. So you actually have He-Man, Man-Arms, and Triclops working against Skeletor in this case because even Triclops is like, dude, you're an idiot. You're gonna you're gonna damn us all just so you yeah. can have more power. I like that. I agree. Flipping the script huge right there. Jeez. Yeah. yeah imagine if they <laughs> that did worked. that. Yeah. Yeah. And so then, so then, while He-Man's holding, you know what? I'm gonna throw it in there. Have them find the battle armor during this time while He-Man and Skeletor uh, are fi- fighting. Have them find the battle armor. Throw it in. Let Mattel's stockholders be happy. Well, well and that's okay. So, so uh, I don't want to get too deep into it because I can. I'll I'll talk about it till I'm blue in the face. But um, <laughs> I I have my own uh, my own canon where sure. uh, everybody does mm-hmm. Triclops. Where tri- where Triclops was and he was basically. One of Man at Arms' best students, type of deal. Yes, and um, I've heard that float around and, before. I like the concept, and, and and so I'll well, I'll drop you one that kind of makes it a little bit kind of a, a weird idea. Mm-hmm. Is not weird, but um, so in this uh, canon, he is um, he's a Cyclops because, in my opinion, why would you make a visor like that? For a guy that lost the ability to see out of two eyes on the front of his face, okay. so okay. my thought process, my thought process was he's a cyclops, mm-hmm. and something happens, and I go into detail, detail, but he is basically betrayed, stabbed in the back, sort of ish, where he couldn't see behind him, type of thing, mm-hmm. and so the visor is he gives, he has full. 360 degree vision because sure. of this thing that happened that he will forever fight against the masters and fight against where he came from as an Eternian soldier. So, mm-hmm. you know, you picture an Eternian soldier with the Eternian get up and just a Cyclops head. Yeah. And that's, that's what he looked like initially, but he was super smart or he is super smart. And so going down that path of, mm-hmm. I mean, could you imagine this, messing with that visor that he has and he has to like like they're in this area where he's basically and it's a callback to the filmation episode uh with ram and he-man and loose the little boy but uh we're like triclops is like like i can't i can't see through here and whether it's he-man or or man at arms but they like have to like hold him by the arm and be like you have to trust me in this and right. Triclops is like, Triclops is like, like he may say to He-Man, he's like, He-Man, get me to where we need to be, and I will be able to fix this issue on right. a computer or whatever, but you need to bring me there. And there has to be this, like, sort of this mutual trust between a good guy and a villain, and, and him being the villain, where, you know, obviously Skeletor is trying to, you know, take over the power now, mm-hmm. and and uh, you get it where he's... Uh, you know, he has to sort of, for this quick moment, befriend the masters where when they get back yes. to the castle or Snake Mountain, he just has that thought like, like, I'm still against them. But he saw what kind of uh, uh, family they have, I guess. Yeah. And 
you know, you have that sort of like the grass is greener moment where like he's like sitting there and like they're all squabbling and and Skeletor's yelling at everyone and he's sitting there making his tech and he's just thinking like, what if things never went sideways with me? Like, what if I was still on the good guy? Because he was, again, he was a figure in my canon where like he could have been a good guy where like Stratos, he where he was originally intended to be a good guy and Stratos was originally intended to be a bad guy. So you have those sort of threads where I like, I like thinking those through. Um, so I think that that could, I think that that could work. No, I like that. That's the heart of your episode too. If you go that way. That's exactly it. That's where, that's where you get there is, you know, and even Triclops looking back, he could be, he could be sympathizing with sword tech. Like, okay, I was in the same boat. Like you said, like he's whatever trauma happened to him. He's, Mm -hmm. he's feeling the same way. And he's like, I've, I've got to help him. I've got to save the, the tech on this planet and you know yeah that's yeah that's awesome well, beating so from from triclops perspective beating the good guys wasn't worth them going back to the dark ages because right he would have to go back to being blind right also, mm-hmm. which was would be like shattering for him personally yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and and another thing that i think would be fun is if like you have he members of Skeletor while they're trying to fix everything mm-hmm. and trying to get everything up and running and stuff. And if you have it, like you said, man at arms might've been his mentor or something. And it was like, he's not happy with, you know, he, he's, he, he was maybe one of the students that man at arms had the most problems with. So you have oh, that sure. even in that sequence where oh, it's yes. like, also the most it, potential, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's like, if you would have just thought, five steps ahead of what you're doing right now, you might have accomplished something and solved that problem leading up to, and having them kind of bickering a little bit here and there. And it's like, you know, man at arms would go, he still figured it out. He did it in his own way. And Triclops is like, yeah, but I would have got there faster if I would have done it. Like, you know, that you having that kind of mutual thing Mm -hmm. and they're, you know, like on top of that, I think that would have been kind of cool too. Oh, that would have been icing on the cake. Yes. Yes. And that's all you need. You just need that hint at it. Just a couple lines of dialogue that go, wait, these mm-hmm. guys have a past. Just like Evil yep. Seed and Moss Man. It's like, we didn't have to see a whole flashback or anything. We didn't have to explain even as much as we already have. Sometimes the better better writing is just hinting at things. and, and A couple just lines it, of dialogue. That's it. Just a couple lines of dialogue referring to, referring to his time in the Academy or something like that. You know, it's... That, that if, could be if, an awesome if, end. If, uh... If uh, um, Duncan says something, or if so, it, basically, if Duncan Man at Arm says the line, like you don't have to, uh, don't try to overthink it this time to yeah. Triclops, and if mm-hmm. Triclops responds, um, I'm um, I'm not one of your students anymore, Duncan. Yeah, like it's like calls him Duncan, like just yeah, something right like that, or or we're, or even if it's we're not in school anymore, like he yeah. was maybe yeah. in school with him. And yes. Decker was the guy that was above them. Like just sure. one line by each of them would have just set up so much cool thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just put him on the same level. And I like that. I like him pulling out Duncan because I don't think any yeah. of the maybe Skeletor does in one episode, but like none of the evil warriors call Man Arms Duncan. So yeah, if he were to pull that out, yeah, yeah I think yeah. Skeletor doesn't cancel of evil, but that's the only one that comes to mind. Yep, that's just, what I was gonna say too. Yeah, just Triclops putting him on that same level, and 
Yeah. Oh man, I'm getting chills thinking about it. Like that's <laughs> this is how you take a mediocre story and make it epic. Um yeah. and then like I said, if you, so then if you keep sort if you make Sortek an alien, you also come up with the you know, just like and here's the problem, whenever you put in somebody with this much power, this much technology, it's like, okay, well, where were they the rest of the series after this? Where's all of his inventions when Serpos is attacking the royal palace, you know? Mm-hmm. So so I definitely think making him an alien should be, and so that way he can blast off at the end of it, and then you're, you're out of that, you know, well, why isn't he type of thing? And that's yep. always a tricky thing to do, too. Is trying to I keep like trying to keep your characters to where it's like, you know, even Mossman did it a little bit in Orko's Gardens. Like, well, why don't we call Mossman for everything from this point on? And then you see Swordtech with all his gadgets. Like, well, why don't we call him about everything? Who needs who needs He Man at that point? So, right. um, yeah. but yeah, I think I think so. If Man in Arms and Triclops can get this fixed, and then you know they they kick Skeletor out. And then Sortek ends up blasting off, and even have a moment at the end where, where Man Arms might even be, you know, if they get rid of Skeletor early, Man Arms could be could be like, you know, it's not too late or something to Triclops, and you know, Triclops responds, well, it is, you know, yep. It, it, yep. you know, because because Triclops knows he's going to get in trouble back at Snake Mountain, like there's no way around it. Skeletor's going to be ticked off. Skeletor's irrational when he's ticked off, so he's not going to admit he was wrong. Um, but I think even that, even a little exchange between the man arms and triclops at the end could be nice too, where it's like we helped each other this time, but I've chosen my path, man arms, and this is it. You know, mm-hmm. right? That works. I think we just remastered that. I do too. Remaster. Good with you, Matthew. <laughs> there it is. A thumbs up. <laughs> that episode would get ten out of ten Orcos. Wouldn't it? <laughs> God. Hey, hey, all you listeners out there, and I know you're out there, I see the numbers. You, especially the audio listeners. Again, I gotta give a special shout out because Podbean, uh, unfortunately, iTunes, um, and all those yeah. podcast apps, they're we're we're killing it on there. Um, so all you listeners, let us know, because we actually haven't gotten any feedback on, on this new segment and, and we're four in now. Let us know. Are we remastering this stuff for you? Do you think we're, we're making it a better episode? Do you think we need to shut up and talk about something else? Uh, (laughs) spoiler alert. We're not going to, because I'm loving this. (laughs) I, I love being able to spitball with Sean and now with Matthew and just, you know, uh, we love making stories up in our heads. Me and Sean had done this since we start, since before we started the podcast. I want to say we'd thrown story ideas at each other and just like, mm-hmm. well, what about this? What about this? And you know, this is just kind of the natural evolution to it. So let us know out there what you guys are thinking. Definitely. Um. All right, boys. Anything? Anything else? Let's. I know. I know. I think Rodriguez is about to fall asleep. There, I've, I've seen quite a few <laughs> yawns. In the past it's half hour, of them. yeah, this I I this I'm back in my bachelor <laughs> days right now, right after, after mid after midnight. I I uh, you can have. yeah. Oh yeah, I worked with a bunch of buddies at a Pizza Hut in my early twenties, and 
That's all we did. We worked till close, which is about 10 o'clock. Then we'd all head to my apartment and we'd play GameCube and throw on a movie <laughs> or something. And we just nice. usually, usually I ended up crawling to bed about 5, 6 a.m. And the boys would just crash on the couch or the chair or the floor yep. or whatever and wake up, go to work, and do it all over again. So, yeah. My body does not react the way it used to. It does not. <laughs> I, I hope someday soon here me and Sean can get back to doing these during the day. So that was, that was yeah. a little better, but with all the kids and everything Definitely. else, it's just not working out yeah. right now. Well, hey, I honestly, I appreciate you guys having me on. And um, I know that I chat with Sean a little bit online and, and now getting to meet you as well. And, and I, thanks for letting me, you know, promote my stuff with defenders of Eden. And, and honestly, it's anytime, uh, I get to talk about masters and, and he man and moss man and, and have fun with it. Um, I'm, I'm always down. So I, I, thanks for, th- thanks for having me and, and I appreciate it. No, thanks for coming on. We definitely mm-hmm. appreciate it. This has been a blast. It was great to get a, a, a third eye on the, uh, on the remastering. And, uh, I can't wait to dig into defenders of Eden. So hopefully, hopefully the, yeah. the mail. Yeah. As soon as, um, as soon as the mail gets there and, and read through that stuff. And I sent you a, a couple cool extras and, and um, we'll definitely once uh, issue three uh, is launched. Uh, I'd love to join you guys and, and kind of uh, break down some more stuff. Maybe we can do a little episode special or something. Yeah, yeah. no, that's, and that's exactly what I said to Sean earlier. I said, once, once I get to read it and he refreshes himself on it, I'm sure we're going to have questions and thoughts and, We'll throw some story yeah. ideas about where we think it's going, and you'll tell us, "Nope, you're completely wrong," <laughs> and it'll it'll be a fun time. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Sean, awesome. it, oh Sean, actually, I know Sean's got something to wrap us up with tonight. Take it away, Sean. <laughs> so um, uh, I know uh, Matthew in particular has been the one when he messages me. He's like, "How's the drawing coming?" And I'm usually going. Uh, scheduling, da 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 da, and I have all these excuses. But I, in the last week and or so, was, I've been and that pick. was that was the first thing he asked when he got on Skype tonight. That was one of the first things out of his mouth yeah, to you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, he he's worried about my artistic uh, creativity and everything, which is actually really cool because you know him being a creator and everything. I appreciate you're looking out for the creatives and all that stuff in the community. Um. So I got the pencil and paper out and like I did those Granamere uh, pictures from last week and I decided that something that we're going to do on Legends of Grayskull is anytime that we have a uh, a guest on the show, we are going to do a little send off for them. And in your case, you are the first, you are the yes. first guest on the show that's going to oh, receive this. Man. I have created special for you, dude. A Moss Man thank you artwork, and I will be sending that your way along with a thank you note from both of us. Yes. Well, you know, we appreciate you taking the time out tonight and uh, sitting down and talking shop with us. Yes. That, is, that is incredible. I, uh, that's, that looks awesome. Um, <laughs> and I'm genuinely, <laughs> I'm genuinely surprised. I, I think that, you know, you've, we've, we've chatted and sent each other sketches before and, Mm-hmm. And I think that one of the things with being creative is um, occasionally we can kind of get in our own heads and, and, and we can lose track of time and, and you got a million things to think about. And so um, I know that you're 
you're talented, obviously, you know, your fans can see that, that you're talented and you post your stuff on Facebook. And, um, so I just, you know, when, when I don't see your artwork for a little while and if there's a little bit of a, a hiccup in time, I'm like, I text you. I'm like, Hey, how's it going, man? You yeah. still sketch because, <laughs> because it, the talent's there, man. And, and I'm, I'm really impressed with it and I'm glad to see you, um, you know, drawing and sketching any, any moment you get. And, uh, yes. I'm, I'm speechless. I can't wait to hang. I got a new office that is being finished in our basement here. And I made it a rule that I'm not going to put anything that isn't personally made for me in that room or made by me as far as, you know, Defenders of Eden posters or, Mm -hmm. you know, ideas from Mars property. You know, I've got my, uh, my action figures and my customs. Uh, that go along with my properties, but I will show you exactly uh, where that's going to be hanging uh, when you guys see me next. So nice. that's good. Well, you Love can it. you can also uh, rub it in then because I know uh, Steve and Jeremy both had pieces that I've done for them because <laughs> they basically coerced me on the show, going, "Hey, hey, if you do this, on, we'll we'll show it off on the show." And they have opened my artwork on the show, and I appreciated that and everything, and even uh, Pete. Uh, from my wife is going to kill me. He commissioned me to do a snout spout for him last yep. year, and he he showed that off as well. And I was very appreciative of that. But yeah, we I just wanted to do this as as like a hey, I know Mossman's your guy. If you, I never drew him before. It's fun to draw somebody new. So there you yep. go. Yeah. So well, thank, thank you, you again. <laughs> yep. Yes, thank you Appreciate for coming it. on, Matthew. Um, number one, I don't know how I missed a snout spout. He's Sean. I've got to check that out. Is it on your is it on your Facebook page? I think it's on my art of Sean's artistic geekdom of Sean Scavarna page. Okay. I want to say I, I was that. looking in my photos even on my phone, and I realized I don't have it on there that I can access it quickly. So I got to figure out where. I put yes, it. I'm. I'm Snoutspout's my boy, and I'm. I'm ashamed I haven't seen this one of yours. But yes, <laughs> Sean does well, amazing artwork. I, I set, oh, you can't see that at all because it's flare, but I set his Granomir with Skytree as my uh, lock screen on my phone. Um, yeah. I've got a sh- wonderful Shira piece from him that I won, and uh, yeah, he's he is an amazing artist, and I, I can never... Are, are you doing Are you doing commissions right now at all, or just kind of playing it I'm just kind of doing my own thing at the moment, because uh, I was doing commissions uh, up until last year, and trying to get everything with my freelance up and running. I'm a contract worker right now. I had to focus on that because of events last year, and uh, right now I'm doing 11, and I'll be doing 12 magazines a month for this company I'm working for. So it's a little, it's a it's a little interesting, but I'm... I'm trying yeah. to find that, like, okay, once I'm done with the deadline, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to put pencil and paper again, finally. So, yeah. yeah. And as soon as he does open up for commissions, I will let all of our listeners know right after I secure a slot. Oh, for sure. So, um, <laughs> Matthew, Matthew I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you a special shout-out, too, before, like, five minutes before everyone else. So, um, <laughs> So now's the time when I gotta I gotta play the game. Help help us beat this YouTube algorithm. Help us beat the Podbean algorithm. Go ahead, all those buttons down there, hit them. There's a, like a like, a share, a subscribe. Podbean's got a heart. Uh, iTunes probably has something stupid that won't work properly. Um, stars. Stars. Yeah. Stars. Lame, lame iTunes. It should be um, Marcos, but they gave it stars. <laughs> uh, go ahead and do all that. 
follow the links down below. I'm going to put a link down there for ideas for Mars. I'm going to put a link down there to Sean Skavarna. I'll put a link down there for anything that Matthew Rodriguez sends me after we get done. Here. I'll throw it all down there. Um, I'll go back and listen and put the links down there for all the stuff I forgot already because there was quite a bit that we mentioned here and there. Um, check out Defenders of Eden. Check out Ideas from Mars. Check out Sean Skavarna. Check out HeMan.org. Check out Podcasters of the Universe. Check out everything you can think of. And <laughs> until next time. Go ahead, Matt. <laughs> He's just smiling. He's All right, smiling. until next time. <laughs>